Hello and welcome to Financial Education for Nation. My name's Warren Shute and today we're going to talk about building your house of wealth. This episode has been sponsored by IDELO, the price comparison website. Okay, welcome back. Welcome to 2021. What a great year it's going to be. It's got to be a great year. Everything is first a thought. Remember that. I uh, I strongly believe that that we um there are people who have had a good year, believe it or not, in 2020, and quite often not it is through the actions and thoughts that they um held in their mind. Um now I agree if you've lost somebody, it's tricky to justify how that could be a good year completely. But um, that aside, if you're able to think before you act, um, you often uh, achieve more. And today I want to start a recap. So if you've been following my column and the shows over the last couple of episodes this year, you should by now in show one have a compelling vision so you know what it is you're looking to achieve in your life. So you've got that out in the front of your forefront of your mind. So you've got your outcome um, and you've broken that into goals. You've got your five and 10 year sort of visionary targets and then your three and 12 month absolute goals which are nice and crystal clear written down and then in addition to that you've got your um uh check-ins every uh 30 uh, sorry 90 days um you've got your quarterly check-ins so you check in i just call them rocks so i'm not allowed to call them rocks apparently according to my publisher but um you have these quarterly rocks or check-ins that you work towards so what we've got is your vision your 10 and your five year visionary goals okay so i kind of want to be there when i'm 10 years time i kind of want to be doing this in five years time okay 36 months will go in a heartbeat so this is what i'm going to do towards that right this is what i want my 36 month goal and that's what i use a lot of times with my clients at lexington Quite opening question. If we're having this conversation three years from today, what needs to happen both personally and professionally in order for you to feel fulfilled with your progress? Um, and that gives us some kind of clarification of what they're moving towards, what they're towards goals, because you have towards goals and away from goals. Um, gives us some indication of what they're looking for over 36 months. And then over, we break that down and say, okay, well, if you want to be there in three years, we better start doing these things over the next year. Um, so we put 12 month goals in place. Um, and then because a year will go in a heartbeat just before you know it, um, it will just be gone. We then break the year down into quarterly check-ins. That's some nice feedback on the video uh, saying how people like that. So it's really good. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate you contacting me and letting me know. So when you've got those quarterly check-ins, it's more concrete. It's like 90 days. We're like, okay, next 90 days. So the end of March, what needs to happen between now and the end of March for you to be closer towards your one-year goal, which will take you closer towards your three-year goal? Um, so that's what we did in week one. Uh, and then in week two, we then went through about financial organizations, getting financially well organized, because I'm a firm believer that you can't do anything until your desk is tidy. You know, um, if you've got stuff everywhere, you don't know where things are, it's going to take time. Having systems and processes in place, as much as it might sound boring to the um, person who lives in the now, the free-spirited person, person who's a bit more, um, hey, you know, just enjoy life, stop worrying about the future kind of thing. Um, I know I live with one of those people, so I know exactly how you think. Um, it does help us achieve more. And whether that more is connection with your friends, being outside, whether that more is just having fun, Whatever your more is, it does help you achieve more by being more organized. So financial organization was uh, week two. 
I said, go through your bank account system, set up the bank account system. Do you need this? Do you want this? Can you get a similar experience for less? So you got your bills account, your, um, um, I forgot, your WAM account, uh, and then you've got your reserve account for any savings and stuff. Um, so kind of sort of went through that. I didn't touch on pocket money, actually. I should have touched on pocket money. So you can touch on pocket money. All these things are all over the blog um, and all over in previous episodes as well. Um, and obviously in the in the book as well, The Money Plan. So if you want to pick a copy of that up, well, just message me. Just message me like so many of you do. But this week, we're going to talk about building your house of wealth. And every house has got strong foundations. Okay, every house has got strong foundations. Any good house that is anyway. But they're not sexy, are they? Let's face it. You invite your friends around, or when we were allowed to invite our friends around for dinner and stuff, you don't talk about your foundations of your house because they're not going to come back again, are they? But you're all glad you've got strong foundations because it makes you safe. And your house of wealth is a great analogy um, for your finances. Okay, so looking at your finances, we have to have strong foundations at the bottom. Otherwise, it doesn't matter what we achieve because it could all come tumbling down upon us. Now, I go on about this because it's so important. And I talk to you as a professional and someone who does this day in, day out, not someone who's trying to sell you the next quick fix. Okay, um, we will talk about investing and we will talk about growing your money and getting double digit returns and how you can compound that to become you know, multi-millionaire um, if that's your outcome. But before you go there, you've got to look at your foundations of your house and say, okay, what do I have to have in order? There are eight foundations uh, for your house. Well, I should put a graphic of this actually on the website. I don't know if there is, but I'll have chat to Vince, who's the clever one in the relationship, and he's able to do all things like that. So maybe get him to put a graphic on so you can see it. But there are eight foundations. Um, three are essential. In fact, everybody listening to this must have one. I'm doing some work for Aviva and they don't like me saying must have it, but that's true. You must have them. I really do. And this is my podcast um, and YouTube, so I can say you must have it. Um, the other five are optional. Okay. The other five, you can consider whether it's appropriate for you. But for these three, which we're going to cover in today's show, they are for you. So if you're listening, you need these three. Okay. So house of wealth, foundations across the bottom, eight um, foundations, eight um important things to have in place three are essential five are optional the first three number one is emergency cash okay now emergency cash is basically your cash buffer it's the amount of money that you hold on deposit so that if things go wrong if you lose your job if you if your boiler goes broke if you need to lay your hands on something if your family member loses their job you need to help them out you can do so without realizing any of your investments at an inappropriate time, okay? And I've been doing this for 25 years now. I assure you it is essential, okay? And the amount you hold will depend on your personality, okay? So I used to talk between three and 12 months, okay? Um, and that was only because I had one or two clients that wanted 12 months, but I gotta be honest, I struggle to really justify that amount of money on deposit because you get no return on it it's actually going backwards because inflation's eroding it but i would say you need at least three months of your expenditure and if you're a particularly cautious individual or um you're the only income earner in the house and there's lots of money reliant upon you and you might find it hard to get a job um if you've got maybe redundant then perhaps six months 
of your expenditure um, held on deposit. So you look at your monthly bills and you say, okay, I need three months of that. That if if I lost my job tomorrow, and assuming no redundancy, no severance pay or anything else, you lost your job tomorrow, I can carry on living without worrying for 90 days. And within that 90 days, it allows me some headspace to go and get some work and get things sorted out. Okay. In addition to that, you should keep on deposit any committed or planned expenditure over the next three years. In other words, if you're saying, well, actually, I've got all this money on deposit, but um, Johnny's going to get married and I said I'd help him out with um, the wedding or um, Mary's off to university and I've got that deposit to pay in 18 months time, that should also stay on deposit. Okay, so three months of your expenses plus any committed expenditure over the next 36 months, so it's three years. Now, two things, where to hold it and how long is it going to take you to create it? Let me touch on how long it's going to take to create it first. This is no mean feat, okay? Let's be honest. Creating an emergency reserve is a goal in itself. And if you look at it logically, <clears throat> if you earn a £1,000 a month, I use round figures, £1,000 a month take home, um, I'm suggesting or recommending you have at least £3,000 held on deposit. Okay. Now, if you're able to save 10% of your income, which I would suggest is the minimum you save, it's going to take you about two and a half years to save that £3,000. So this isn't something that's going to happen overnight necessarily. But if you save 10% and that's all you did, it's going to take two and a half years. What you can do is you can look at creative ways of accelerating that. And I go into quite some detail into my book about this, about looking around the house what can you sell so i'm selling stuff on ebay at the moment i always i'm always selling stuff on ebay okay i'm very fortunate to have a good job and have a good income but i tr make sure that i recycle for the environment's sake more than anything else all the things in my house and it brings extra money in okay so you can sell other things around the house so if you've got some gifts for example at christmas that replaced older items that are still pretty good and some other person's hands they are excellent or if you've got something that you're probably not really going to ever use, don't waste it. Don't just leave it there. Sell it. Get it listed and get it sold. Okay. Um, <clears throat> taking a second job and look, getting creative. But, you know, I know the economic environment is slightly different at the moment, but there are still ways to do this. Um, so 10% of your income and creative ways of bringing extra income in um, to accelerate that and to bring it down from two and a half years. Now, where to hold the money? I would suggest that you hold the money in National Savings and Investments, NSNI premium bonds. Now, this isn't an um, investment. This isn't a debate on the, 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 the probability of winning is, I've got it down here somewhere, 30 or so thousand to one. I touch on it later in the show. Um, this is an insurance. This is an insurance gets you losing your job. You want it guaranteed and you want it accessible. And nothing is more guaranteed than HMRC Treasury, or HMR Treasury, sorry, and um, it's accessible within a couple of days. So it's a great place to do it. If you found a high interest rate deposit account that you are happy with, I'm fine with that. I'm not going to argue about that whatsoever. We have some clients do that and they absolutely prefer it. We have some clients say, there's no way I'm going to hold in premium bonds. What's the point? I'd rather get 0.001% interest. Go figure. It doesn't bother me. It, life's too short. Just choose something. The most important thing is you have three months of your expenditure held on deposit plus any other committed spending over the next three years. So that's number one. That's emergency cash. 
emergency cash, emergency reserve, whatever you want to call it, buffer fund. Um, you know, it just helps you sleep well at night. And when you have that, okay, you walk a bit taller. You feel, actually, I'm on the road to financial success. It is a sensible thing to do. And I hate the word sensible because it's boring, but it's true. It's the right thing to do. Number two, the second most essential thing you need to do is to arrange a will. Now, you might say, hey, Warren, this is for old people. Warren, this is for people with millions of pounds. Warren, this is for other people, not me. It's not. It's for you. Because if you pass away, somebody else has to administer your estate. And if they're going to administer your estate, it's going to take much more time and effort for them to do it um, without a will than it would, will be with a will. So what I would suggest is you arrange your will. Now, there are two instances where it's, I would scream if you didn't have a will. One of those instances is if you have dependent children. Okay, if you have dependent children, it is essential, absolutely catamount, that you arrange a will. And the reason for that is if you and the father or the um, the mother pass away, then the children are cared for by social services until the courts decide who would be an appropriate guardian for your children. Now, come on guys, you know, we're all grown up people here. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize your children are gonna be upset. Going to a stranger is not gonna help matters. And actually just taking a bit of time out your diary to arranging a will and getting things done is gonna make you a better person and make you thankful that you've done this as well and heaven forbid if the worst thing ever happens and you and the parent this other parent um, does die at least there's something in place for succession and the guardianship of your children so that said arrange your will no big deal nice and easy won't take very long questions are easy and um, if you're stuck please feel free to message me i'm very very happy to help you out and we can do it remotely as well <clears throat> Second thing is, if you are very keen for a particular asset or i.e. some kind of money that you have or valuable item goes to someone particular, then it's essential that you do it within your will. Okay. Now, a great example of this is when there are second marriages. Okay. And let's say, for example, I own the house, I'm with somebody, and it's really important to me that my house on my death goes to my children and not to my new partner because they didn't bring in a financial commitment to this and they have their own home, for example, that they're renting out, then I can do that through my will, okay? Um, I have a number, and I'm not exaggerating here, a number of real experiences with clients before they come to me. They've said, yes, this has happened to me. My father passed away and then when my mother passed away, the will went to her new partner and not to a new husband and not to the children and then he left it down to his lineage down to his side of his family and um, he excluded us altogether so it's not about family feuds it's not about trying to do anything else or doing somebody out of an asset it's about protection and just so you know if the reverse happened if um you can leave a life interest into the surviving partner. So if, the, if your um, parents are in a relationship, if you're in a relationship, you think, well, actually, I want my partner to live here the rest of his or her life. I don't want them to be evicted. And then it goes down to my children. 
um, you can do that. So we can set that up so that the surviving partner can live in the house, move, downsize, that kind of thing, have uh, the benefit of the value of the money, but not actually have access to the capital because the capital will be retained for your children or whoever your um, the terms remain them and whoever they are ultimately. Okay, so there are two, two reasons why you really must do a will. One for um, custody, guardianship of your children and two for ensuring particular assets go to um, particular individuals. Then number three, the third essential foundation of the house of wealth are your lasting powers of attorney. Your lasting power of attorneys are not enduring power of attorneys. They are different. Lasting power of attorneys are when you give somebody else authority, legal permission to make decisions on your own behalf. There are two types of power of attorney. One is a financial power of attorney and that that power of attorney comes live straight away once it's registered. And the second is a health power of attorney, health and welfare, and that only becomes valid on incapacity. So in other words, when you're unable to make decisions on your own behalf. These are two essential documents that I would say every one of my clients has got. I'm pretty sure that I would say it would be fair to say that's right. Um, and I would say every one of my listeners and viewers need to have as well. It's really, really important. Anybody at any age can slip and bang their head and have an accident and then be unable to make decisions on their own behalf. Not only are you then a financial and physical burden to your family, okay, because they've got to look after you. And this could be me, okay, I'm gonna be a burden on my family, I slip back my head, they've got to physically look after me and feed me and, and such like. But now I'm an inconvenience because they can't easily get access to my money, my bank account, they can't easily sell the house. Okay, so, but with a power of attorney, they can. So let's say, for example, the house that you're in is just not appropriate. You need to downsize or you need to move to a house that's got a, a bedroom downstairs or you need to be closer to family members or whatever it might be. Without a power of attorney, you have to go to court to get that sorted. So this is why these documents are so important. You can arrange these yourself, about 82 pounds um, online with the Office of Public Guardian, go directly there, or you can use a firm to help you do it. So if you're interested, you can give us a call, um, drop us an email, we can help you, but you can do them yourself and the helpline is fairly straightforward as well. So that that's the, the three essential. I'll go through the other five, which generally insurances, life insurance, medical insurance, critically illness, income protection, and um, general insurances, another session because it can be a bit overwhelming, but just a takeaway from today, top three, emergency cash, three months of expenditure, will get it sorted, especially if you've got kids and you wanna make sure certain assets go to certain people and your lasting power of attorneys. Okay, big five. So every week I touch on five things that are relevant um, normally to the topic that we've just gone through. Uh, this week we're talking about the foundations, a quick survey um, by the Money Advice Service found that four in 10 adults do not have 500 pounds saved. Can you believe that? Now, if that's you, why don't we set that as one of this year's goals, 2021, to make sure we've increased our savings. So maybe to one year of our expenditure or, um, well, that'd be a bit too much, I'm sorry. Um, maybe um, one month of our expenditure. You know, maybe that's enough. So we just look at it that way. So it's nice and simple. Get, up, get Set ourselves some easy wins. Uh, number two. Um, oh, this is, okay, this is talking about the uh, saving for your emergency fund. So if you save 10% of your net income, it will take you two and a half years to save your emergency fund. Um, so remember, it's not a quick fix, um, but it's definitely worthwhile doing so.
Uh, number three, the odds of winning the premium bonds are 34,000, sorry, 34,500 to one. So I hold premium bonds as an insurance. I do not ever expect to win um, the the jackpot, okay? Um, but, you know, I hold them and I do win some 25 pounds and 50 pounds occasionally. Um Number four, there are various charities and trade unions and associations that will give you a discounted, uh, in some cases, a free will. Um, and there is a free will month, which I believe is in March this year. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of it, I'm sorry, um, but it is available, free will month. You can Google that and have a look on that and see if you can get yourself a will arranged for free. Um, and then the Number five, the application fee for a lasting power of attorney is £82. But if you earn less than £12,000 a year, you can get a discount of 50%. Um, and if you're on any or certain means-tested benefits, there's also a waiver towards the fee as well. So, um, yeah, check out the OPG, sorry, the LPGA uh, website for that. Um Economists love to disagree, and what they're talking about at the moment is um, inflation, whether inflation is going to surge. So we've had um, a barrage of spending by the government um, into the economy through both the furlough schemes and also the um, loan schemes and stuff. And what they think is people are saving money up, and then when the coronavirus comes, the pandemic finishes, everyone will go out and have a big spend. It might pick up, but I'm not going to be a, one who says there's going to be a big um, spurge in inflation. Um, don't forget, if you've got your self-assessment to do by paper, make sure you get that done by the end of January. That's your deadline. A couple of questions this week. Uh, first question is actually from a 16-year-old. So I've just received my national insurance number and it mentions Charles Trust Fund. What is this? The Child Trust Fund was the precursor to the junior ISA. Um, so they're not available anymore. But if you are, I think, between 11 and 19 years old, you are going to have a child trust fund. There'll be at least £250 put in there. And if it's in cash, get your parents to invest it. Go and ask your parents where it's invested. Um, second question was, uh, I want to buy some Alibaba shares, but I'm worried that Jack May has gone missing. Yeah, so was I. Um, Jack May is the CEO of uh, a Chinese company called Alibaba. Um, he is very outspoken, probably the richest man in China. And he went missing, um, sorry, uh, he spoke at a conference and he didn't speak very highly of the Chinese banking system. And then three days later, after the conference, his Chinese, uh, the Chinese government stopped the IPO of his company, Ant Group. He has another company to branch off. And um, last, I think, eight weeks, six weeks, he's been missing. And they think he's um, in uh, uh, under house arrest. So, um, yeah, uh, shares, are, direct shares are risky anyway. But when you invest in foreign particularly chinese shares um which have a different regulation they're even riskier so i don't hold directly any shares like that it's too risky for me okay smarter spender this section of the show is sponsored by idelo the price comparison website and thank you idelo you helped me save some money over christmas with the price comparison site so if you're not used idelo before get on and try it it is a fantastic site um it searches the internet for different prices and allows you to get the best deal, I believe, um, and what's out there. And it'll also look at price trends historically of what the prices have been. So not only are you looking at, okay, I can get this price now, but you look at it and you think, actually, this price is coming down and it's a big spend item. 
I might hold back a couple of weeks. It's not urgent that I need it. And you can just monitor it. You can set price alerts as well. So um, my kids often do this. They want something and they'll put a price alert on it. And then it will just ping up and say, hey, this is uh, hit the price that you wanted to buy it at. Um, and by then, often they don't want it. So it works great. So uh, Idealo tell us what's dipped in price each week. And this week, uh, there's a number of items dipped in price. Dumbbells, hoodies, strategy games, prams. But two that caught my eye were fridges and garden hoses. So it's all about planning for the future, isn't it? So if your fridge is tired, you might be thinking of replacing it. They're 12% cheaper on average than last week. And obviously garden hoses, we're not doing much watering at the moment, but that time will come around very quickly. Um, it's a good time, apparently, for considering buying cycling equipment, indoor cycling equipment particularly. You've got the Peloton um, bike, which is extremely expensive. But apparently, on average, indoor cycling items in January are £661, uh, cheaper than the average price. Uh, that, sorry, they're £661, which is cheaper than the average price of £723. So, yeah, if you look at indoor uh, exercise equipment, which I think a lot of people are, it's a less expensive time of the year to buy it. And they believe that people are looking to buy things that are going to entertain them. Some kind of cheap thrills because we're in lockdown in the UK and uh, it's winter. So the weather's not the best and we're confined to barracks. So hey, we want to keep our spirits up. So hopefully you're going to have more listeners on the podcast. And they're thinking that people will be looking to buy some books, retro games and things like that to enjoy. So... Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, I've had an incredible 2020. It's been really, really good. And 2020 looks very, very exciting. Please ensure you subscribe to the show. Um, click down, hit the subscribe button. And uh, I would very much appreciate if you shared your your views on the show in the comments box below, but also with your friends and family. If there's anyone else who you think might benefit from watching the show, um, please give me a shout out. If there's anything you want me to cover, I would love to. Um, I'm here for you. I do this as a pro bono to help people out and I enjoy every moment of it. Um, and until I speak to you next time, please stay safe, look after yourself and have a look out for other people as well. There are other people in your life who are sheltering or on their own. Pick up the phone and say, hey, how are you doing? Just thought I'd spend five minutes and just give you a call and um, see how they are. But until next time, keep safe. And uh, I'm Warren Shute and this is Financial Education for the Nation.